0: Keep it down, John. Do <laughs> you want to start what? us off? You want to- oh. well, Hey, we're back. Get the Backstairs podcast. How you guys doing? I'm John. That's John over there. <laughs> uh, I am yes. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. That's Aaron. Aaron's over here to my left. He's yeah. doing good too. Scott, you're back. I'm back. Like Voldemort, you're back. Yes. <laughs> you can't get rid of me <laughs> that <kidding>. easy. Sorry. <laughs> It's a nice try, though. How were the ice capades? <laughs> the ice capades. I did not go to the ice capades. I went to Gardens
1: Glow. Gardens Aglow. That's not what Janelle told us.
0: Well, you know. <laughs> okay. It might have been the ice capades. So, yeah, but what, the, is, what is the ice capades? I don't know what the ice capades what are. I didn't Garden, I mean, Gar- <laughs> Garden of Eden. Christmas lights at the Botanical Gardens in Booth Bay. It was very oh. lovely. We took the kids, the grandkids. It was Oh. A lovely family holiday uh-huh. event yeah. Wonderful That's and, really cool And now I'm back Even the baby? The, the baby even went? No That was the only one that stayed home The other gotcha. five Five grandchildren. I've heard that you
1: can't bring babies to the ice capades So
0: You can But I mean You ever put ice skates on a baby man? That's You it's, ice skate around? Oh sure Oh really? <laughs> <Are> you- <laughs> I
1: think, I think we, need to, capades, think we yes. need to do an advertisement for the Garden of Glow later
0: I guess so Garden a glow, not oh, of fuck. glow.
1: That makes so much more sense. A Aglo.
0: They're a glow. Did you have a good week? The hills okay. are alive, you know. The gardens are aglow. Mm. Yeah, I had, yeah. A you had, you had a good week. You a good week?
2: Yeah. Anything new? Um.
0: No. no. Um, Pretty much the same
1: old that's good. thing. Yeah, same 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 week. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: That's okay. yeah. New? Yeah. Anything new?
0: Uh no. No. Life is. Nothing
3: new.
0: <laughs> I, guess. I, I also had
1: nothing new happen. No,
3: you no, had nothing, nothing
0: new
1: happen. New. Great. Yeah. Yes, this is a great podcast. Wow. I, this is what you signed I, up for, people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Epic we're,
1: banter. We're here to talk
0: about our <laughs> mundane lives. I have something exciting, though. Okay. Oh, that was exciting. We
1: are now in season two. This is right? season That's, two. This is what we've been doing, We're I getting
0: strong season two. Yeah, wow. we're,
1: uh, we're, we're pushing it to the limits. We've yeah. had some interesting people, beautifully talented people. Sure. Um, did you remember the the goals that we had set for this second season? Remember when we were talking about second season, we we're like, all right, we have these goals.
0: I um, no. We threw no, in the closet. I, yeah. No, doesn't ring a bell.
1: Oh no. well, I figured I would bring them back out just to remind us of what our goals were. That's a good idea, John. Oh, okay. I mean, because yeah, so our confident.
0: our uh, attention span As is goals here. Oh my um, god. Next
1: podcast season wow. two goals. Aaron, you want to rip one off?
0: Can I rip any of them? No, just rip, start with one. Start with yeah, yeah. one. What does it say?
1: Have have a season one. All right, always a good t- <laughs> goal uh, when having a season two. You is, want a season one. Uh, is, don't, it, is it.
2: Is this like one of those things where when you make a list, you start off with make a list, and then you get checked that off right off the I bat? I don't know. These were hey. our
1: goals that we set together. Aaron. Oh, okay, it's all, right. all about yeah, the, the feelings right. of
0: accomplishment.
1: Number two, don't. not totally hate our own voices. It, have we come to that point yet? Do you hate your own voice still? I love my dulcet tones.
0: <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody. It's, a, it's a
1: voice for the ice capades, that's for sure.
3: <laughs>
2: you want to rip three? All right, here we go. Three is
1: get a table. We got a table. <laughs> we got a, table. we got a table. We did it.
2: Um, I like to tell the story about this table. Let's, I got. I, I, Please do. I got it at Goodwill, um, and it was not this pretty. Uh, I had to refinish it, finish it.
3: Mm-hmm. And oh, nice. um,
2: it came with five leaves. This thing can hold five leaves. It gets like huge. Wow. Um and they wanted like eighty dollars for it. And I was just like, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take a charity and try to get as much as I
0: can <laughs> think of <about it> <laughs> So you can hey, pay you raise money to
1: day. help people that need help? <laughs> well, let's lowball them.
2: <laughs> Anyways, I got, it for, I, I got it for 30 bucks.
1: Hey, 30 bucks. And now, Jeez. goal three accomplished. <laughs> All right, let's do four. Right, four. Video ourselves, and uh-huh. we're doing it. Look, we you are can doing see it. us. You can see our epic oh, goal list. I feel like...
2: Again, I feel like you kind of... Never mind. No, we no. set oh, okay. this okay. list. Okay. okay. It's
0: all about accomplishing.
1: Not totally hate ourselves on video. <laughs> Where I, are, uh, we? are we? What do you think it's no, going? Well, the I, first
0: yeah. promo that came out today, I'm glad we have a table now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you didn't, it's you didn't like, like how
0: you looked lounging in a chair? <laughs> it's the it's the tape. The table kind of hides my <laughs> big
1: belly. You know? All right, here's six. All right, six. Get a rich benefactor. <laughs> How are we doing on that, guys?
0: Well, you know, do we have a rich benefactor? I'm, wor- I'm working on it. I, well, Scott, <laughs> you just got to get more promotions. <laughs> the I know, Scott just got a
1: promotion, so, yeah, so I think we yeah. got that. Yeah, I think congratulations. <laughs> right. I yeah. wouldn't say I'm rich, but you bought all this stuff. I don't. Here's some awesome theater stories. We're doing pretty well on that so yeah. far. Yeah, we've heard some pretty good. awesome I think stories. We've got
0: some awesome, awesome mer. Stories coming oh,
1: Okay well that was isn't the goal yet But maybe we have three more <laughs> Alright number eight is Prove that we are more than just Scott And we did it last what? week We <laughs> proved that we don't need you You don't need me We don't but we want you we- <laughs> that's- I know. That's, that's, And that's, we, what, it's we, up. We that's what, what it's all about it, well, I want to feel wanted <laughs>
2: you're, you're not needed But you're wanted
1: oh. <laughs> That's that's What else could I ask for <laughs> All right, number nine. I thought this said Proveron for a <laughs> second. Get a correspondent, and we did it. We have a correspondent. We have letters from Sally, and yes. yeah, that was great last week. Can't wait for this. Hopefully, we have a letter in the box.
2: All right. And then 10. 10. Last number goal 10. that we ever had in our lives. All
1: right. <laughs> have Mandy Hootery as a guest. Well, guys, wow. we're, guys, we're not doing so well on goal 10. We have went yet off. to... It hasn't happened. Well, Whoa. guess what? What? Do we have cameras guess so people can what? see who we have?
0: Look, if you will look over here, you will see Mandy Hootery is our guest today. What? All right. On the episode all right. of Backstairs Podcast. Let's hear it for Mandy Hootery. I think what's
1: more important is that we hit all 10 goals, but, Mandy, welcome. <laughs> Either
4: way. Oh my gosh! Congratulations on the table. <laughs> <laughs> thank
0: you, thank
1: NFL, you. Was, you know any no. rich benefactors that are like you know? Send them our way.
0: Maybe
4: we will she just might. let our leave our ringers on.
2: Oh yeah, oh, good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Maybe maybe somebody
0: will randomly call us and be like, <laughs> I, "I have a bunch I, of money." I name. heard you were looking for <laughs> a, rich benefactor. a rich benefactor. I just happen to be looking for a. <laughs> Someone to take my money.
4: <laughs> goodwill
1: won't do it. Oh, no. no.
2: No, we got as much as we can <laughs> out of Goodwill.
1: <laughs> we're never going to get <laughs>
0: So, Mandy, welcome to the Backstairs Podcast. Thank so you. So happy to have you here. Uh, this is a community theater podcast. And uh, up till now, we've pretty much had guests that uh, were part of our community. Uh, uh, I mean I'm saying that you're not (laughs) meaning myself John and Aaron we all knew everybody that's been here now uh, now we've got somebody that John and Aaron don't know so well but is part of the community that I've built since coming into this theater world and I'm bringing more of my community into how did you uh, meet Mandy so Mandy uh was running the celebration barn and Mm -hmm. I uh did one of sally jones's storytelling shows okay that's how we first met and then we brought lisa moore's uh show up there to the barn and and then uh she helped me get going along with some improv stuff oh cool uh we talked about that That was before i went to chicago it was right before you, Yeah, yeah yeah that was that was pretty neat she was very helpful with that um so mandy tell us just you know where you're from are you from the area
4: i am from yeah. south paris maine i oh, was born in at paris, stevens right. memorial hospital yeah. oh, man. Nice. just a mile from where we sit yeah, yeah. jeez yes so
2: awesome. but i live o- in
4: buckfield now you know okay. so from That's away okay. it's good to good to <laughs> come on, home
0: on the, the other, other side, side of the hill. mountain, yeah. in buckfield they think yeah. i'm from away
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Right, oxford hills graduate
4: that's right. Yes. Proud Viking.
0: Awesome. Well, I I've got something here I want to I want to read and speaking of our letters from Sally. Sally knows Mandy quite well and uh she had some words and I'm going to read them uh-huh. to us uh, cuz they were in the mailbox. I saw the flag Sally. was up earlier. The flag was up. Yeah. I opened it up <laughs> and it just happened to be a letter from Sally about Mandy Hootery. Wow. Wow. Convenient. I I mean <laughs> shocking, really. <laughs> So here's what she says. Mandy Hootery is an amazing woman who can do anything Mm -hmm. from running a business like the Celebration Barn to a home with a husband and two beautiful children. Mm -hmm. She is an artist in her soul. She is hysterically funny. Ever seen one of her original solo shows? A terrifically gifted physical actor. I will never forget her standing on a very small box with two others negotiating turns and comic business as the audience roared in laughter. But neither will I forget her compelling performance in a tight two-person drama at Mad Horse Theater. Mm. She can do it all. I directed Mandy on stage in my Oxford Hills Drama Club and watched her go off to Emerson. I knew her talent and I also knew she couldn't stay away from the barn where she had studied since she was a young girl. While the barn had existed for years with Mandy's vision, it became not only a place for professional performers to study in a beautiful summer setting, but it also became a destination for the community where locals could take fun workshops and be entertained on the weekends with a variety of wonderful shows of all kinds. Hmm. Besides that, Mandy continually improved the theater and the grounds, making the celebration barn a welcoming place for all. And now Mandy has begun the next phase of her remarkable career, leaving behind a legacy of a celebration barn that has enriched the Oxford Hills art scene as never, never before. Good luck, Mandy. We salute you. (laughs) So we we love to hear from Sally and I I know you love Sally as well. And and we'll get into her a little more. She's got, she gave me a few other notes that we might bring up here shortly, (laughs) but um, (laughs) Well, I guess what got you started in theater and acting and and all that to begin with, I guess. Let's hear that.
4: Well, of course, Sally Jones is a champion and a dear friend who was my high school drama teacher. But I also want to shout out... The first woman who really brought theater into the classroom, and that was Mrs. Karen Ellis, who was mm-hmm. my second grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And if did, did any of you have Mrs. Ellis by chance? I
0: didn't. I didn't. She was okay. around some, but I didn't. I never had her. So she's
4: amazing because you know she spent many years teaching. Yeah. But prior to being a, a teacher, she was a clown and went through Ringling Brothers uh-huh. um, and Bartman Bailey Clown School. No way. I didn't yeah, know, know that. Yeah. So she brought this real. Oh like she radiated love and brought real magic and sense of play and celebration into the classroom and then she wrote these original shows and would cast mm-hmm. the class and mm-hmm. we put on shows. Oh. So she was the first one to really say let's let's make a show. Wow. And then um of course getting to high school and working with Sally um for 4 years and Sally shares so much passion and mm-hmm. such a love for drawing that passion out in her students that, um, mm, yeah, she really made it possible. You know, she really created that sense that anything was possible. Right. And so an enormous gratitude and love to her.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you started out very young, second grade. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty young. I, 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 I did play the troll in three, Billy Goats Gruff in, in uh, preschool, I, I should mention. But.
4: I could, Did you? Fantastic I, could, I can see
0: that. <laughs> Are you saying that I like <laughs> <hats. laughs>
4: We could reenact it. We, you could be the troll now can, and we can be Billy Goats.
0: Right. And the table it, can act as our bridge. <laughs> Get off my lawn.
4: If we run out of stuff, we'll yeah. go there.
0: We, right. Okay. All right. That's good options. It's good, that's we, good, we, options. We, it's good to have, have options. It is. That's right. That's right. So tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you did when you got into high school.
4: Yeah. So I was actually in eighth grade. um, Well, in in sixth grade, someone came into our sixth grade classroom and taught us how to juggle. Mm -hmm. And that actually opened a door because she introduced me to Celebration Barn Theater. Mm -hmm. And so I started going up to the barn and that was celebration barns an international training center for physical theater artists. And it draws artists from all over the world. And it was there in the audience at celebration barn that I really saw
3: hmm. that
4: not just anything was happening, anything was possible on stage, but that performers could transform into anything on stage. Oh Wow. Yeah. And that was, uh, instantly a magical place and then when i was in eighth grade i took my first workshop at the barn the workshops are generally for adults but um i had been hanging out and volunteering and they said you know if if you want to come in and take a class uh, there's an opportunity to work with fred garbo in june oh, no uh, way. and that was an antic arts class that brought in folks from australia and germany and it, it these the people were just so lit up yeah, yeah. And I hadn't met adults who felt to me like they were so outside the box. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like breaking every convention that I had 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 up until that point. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, so that was that was an even like deeper immersion into you can uh, you can and must listen to your heart yeah. and honor that.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That is great. So that's eighth grade. You're really getting involved (laughs) in Celebration Barn. In Celebration Barn.
4: And then I just hung out there. I basically didn't leave. And I was working and volunteering and then working and doing whatever. I was working in the office. I drove students back and forth from the airport for years and stayed in touch through college. I went to Emerson for theater, but stayed in touch with the barn and- moved to san francisco after that and did some theater there but but continued to just a relationship with celebration barn and then um long story short ended up becoming the director in 2007
1: wow would you be willing to give a little bit of context on celebration barn how it was formed or anything like that
4: yeah so the barn was started in 1972 by tony montanero and Tony Montanero was a, a mime, a world traveling performer who was really looking for a place to settle down with his family of six kids mm. and had been living in New York and New Jersey and wanted to start a school. And Leos Matolchi, mm. who uh, founded the Matolchi Art Center here, was best friends with Tony. And mm. um, when an old farm went up for sale on Stock Farm Road, Laos said, you got to come take a look at it. And mm. the story is that they pulled in with their caravan and th- there's a, there are pictures of the house before they moved <laughs> into it and t- those pictures of the building. Yeah. So, um, so historyed. I mean, it was the the farmhouse was built around 1825. It was the stock farm of stock farm road. It was an old racehorse barn, mm. but it had been emptied and was really quite dilapidated with animals living in no windows, Hmm. you know, no glass in the windows. And the fact that Tony pulled in there, looked at this structure and said, this is it, let's make it happen to me. That alone Hmm. indicated that he was a man of great vision Hmm. and great optimism. Yeah. 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 And he did it.
0: Yeah. Now Tony was, maybe I'm wrong in this, but wasn't he a student of, uh, Marcel Marceau
4: They were really contemporaries. Really? Yeah, so they um worked alongside each other and and oh, wow. he came in and um performed one of Marcel's the the story is that he performed um Marceau's I think uh, Butterfly sketch. Oh. And then Marceau told him you must never perform that again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Cuz he did it so well. Because he did yeah. it so well. Oh, yeah. 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 And
4: you know, Marcel Marceau was extraordinary. And I saw him perform a couple of times and those performances were utterly riveting.
3: Uh-huh.
4: Um, but Tony, they, you know, they were both coming from a French tradition and, and there had been a real movement of mine through the fifties and sixties. Yeah. And, and that has really continued, but Tony brought something a little bit different. And that was that he Really wanted to integrate the whole performer, so mm. he used his voice. You know, Tony was mm-hmm. all about b- breaking the rules and really, yeah, um, really following this sense yeah. of impulse and improvisation. Mm. So, stylistically, wow. they were very different, but both incredible, physically eloquent performers.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. That's amazing. Wow.
1: Do you, have any, do you have any idea how many people have gone through Celebration Barn? Mm. I mean, is there any type of statistic at all or how many? No, no idea.
4: I don't know. Thousands. Mm. Gotta be yeah. thousands. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Right? It
1: must be international I mean, I mean For from, sure. from several different countries, obviously.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. a Typical season may have folks from nine to 12 countries.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And they just had their 50th season. And last pasture? summer was the barn's 50th anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. 50 years, Some, you know, I'll, I'll get there, you know, another 20. <laughs> right yeah. guys. Right. Yeah. Right. Aaron. Right. I mean, right. I think your five grandchildren will help you.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's amazing to me to think that we have such a resource so close here. I mean, and, I mean, right. It's pretty special.
4: It It is yes. really extraordinary. And, you know, it's so powerful to be there when, especially when you have wow. artists that have traveled, you know, some of them have been traveled from the other side of the world. And when they walk in and say, I've waited a really long time to Aww. get here. Wow. You know, there's this sense of it being that the Mecca it is, and it's like as modest and humble, it really is just an old barn. Right. Um, but now it's an old barn that has. Held the spirit right. of so many artists yeah. Yeah. and so many people have gone through such personal and creative transformations there that that's yeah. what has imbibed the space. That's yeah. what makes wow. it so powerful.
2: Man, I feel like I'm, I've I've been missing out. I feel you like have I've been. been. I need to go to more shows at Celebration of yeah. And cheese. Yeah, yeah, go
4: and take some workshops. You know, there's uh, yeah. summer long. There's week. Generally, they're week long intensives, but you go stay on site. And just do a real deep dive, immersion, so cool. and there's nothing more. There's yeah. no, nothing more transformative than just surrendering to creating yeah. the work and doing it with the people that are there who are there for the same reason. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, nice. That's so cool. That's
0: so cool. So uh, we'll get into more celebration barn, but you're you're in high school. You would would you do for shows and while you were here in school? Just drop. Drama shows? Did you do the school yeah. community thing?
4: Um, you know, I'm not a singer or a dancer. So yeah. I never did the community musicals, but I worked with Oompa and we did Butterflies Are Free. That might have been in college. Um, there was a production of Bus Stop that we yeah. rehearsed for. And then for some reason, it didn't go up, I was remembering. Huh. um But worked with Oompa and hmm. started writing some shows, started yeah. working with Mike Micklawn. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a cool guy. He's a great guy. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Nice.
0: So, kind of
1: famous in his own right. Mike Mike McLean is a very famous. If you do a deep dive on what he's been involved in, I mean, (laughs) he's incredible. Hmm.
4: Yeah. One of Mike is so talented in so many ways. But one of the things that makes him extraordinary is the degree to which he says yes to his massive ideas. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, he has so many yeah. ideas and they are just things that people would be like, Oh, wouldn't that be awesome. But Mike's just like, we're doing it. We're making it. We're happen. starting tomorrow. <laughs> and he wow. does. I mean, he's yeah. like buy a building, turn it into a theater. Sure. Go to work for another theater and build a $5 million, uh, you right. know, 500 seat theater inside. Yeah, let's do that. Make a movie. You know, he, Make he, a
1: viral YouTube video. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He's
4: worked well. That was Fritz and Steven who did the uh, um, Diet Coke and Mentos videos.
1: Yeah. He wasn't part of that though.
4: Um, Mike helped out on it, but he wasn't directly that partnership. But no, yeah, I knew he Mike wasn't on Fritz camera. I
1: thought he, this whole time, I thought he. Directed and produced, and that was his idea. So,
4: Mike, if you did, I love you, and I might not have. Sorry if you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that so the Mike Fritz collaboration Mm. has been many many years. The three of us also created and toured together for several years. So,
3: Mm.
4: and all of those relationships grew out of Celebration barn Mm. Yeah. Fritz and Mike met in one workshop one summer. I met Mike in another one, and then Fritz and I met.
0: Mm. So. Wow. That's awesome. So you went off to college to Emerson. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you major in? Just theater? theater. Was it just theater. Yeah. 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 Mm. Do any shows there?
4: Uh, I did some shows. Yeah, we did. Um, Angels in America.
0: Mm.
4: Um, did some uh, Christopher Durang, which was really liberating. Mm. That was a, that was actually uh the first time that I was playing with a script and felt that the script was liberating. Mm. Mm. Um, most of the time I was always drawn to creating original work. And even at Emerson, much of my focus was on, um, working with a comedy improv troupe called this is pathetic. And we, for four years, you know, that was our schedule. We'd go to rehearse our regular shows and then meet at 11 PM to 1 AM. That was when we had time. Yeah. But you know, Emerson, was beautifully resourced in that there were all these quirky little theaters and we could get into them. So we could just do shows and
0: that's
2: so much fun.
4: It was so fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. So you went off to San Francisco.
4: Yeah. A little, uh quartet of us that had been improv trooping together in Boston, moved out to San Francisco to the sort of excuse to go out was to intern with the San Francisco Mime Troupe, which interestingly was founded by, Ronnie Davis, also kind of a contemporary of Tony Marcel Marceau. So uh, Ronnie Davis was part of this like influx and like Peter Schumann moved to Vermont and opened, um, bread and puppet and Tony came to Maine and, um, Ronnie Davis was out in San Francisco. So it was this sort of wave of a European influence of American contemporary Mm -hmm. theater. And Mm -hmm. the mime troupe was creating original work and doing their own bent on it. They're really political, um, but it was fun to, to get out West and feel. You, know, you know, I grew up in Maine and grew up right here. So yeah. that suddenly,
0: yeah. Right. I was just like, Oh
4: my gosh, <laughs> I
0: can imagine. It was so like, yeah, a little different.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, early improv stuff went on in, in, um, San Francisco. Uh, the name eludes me, but like Del Close, uh, one, some of his early work was out there. Oh, I believe, it? um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's it's totally forgetting. He's probably your age. Yeah, Thirties is <laughs> Yes, it is.
1: That that move um, though, you must have been suddenly immersed in like a. I mean, not that there's not talent here, but I mean, the that must have been a, a little bit of a shock to. I mean,
4: you, it was like the the culture. Uh, there was some culture shock of just being um, that everything felt so energized Mm -hmm. and people were just felt, uh, I don't know, really open. And there was a real, again, it was a sort of like playfulness that I was attracted to. There were so many people doing, and because we were there with a mime troupe, we were like kind of tapped into this underground, everything felt underground. It was very DIY. Like the first company we started working with was called popcorn theater. And they had a giant bus and they drove the audience around on the bus and would (laughs) stage different Um, we, we would come in as an act and then do a, uh, pick a location and the audience would get led. Yeah. Yeah. So So just, um, yeah, it felt like there there were people to play with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I grew up as an only child and I think baseline that was all i wanted i was like i've always just wanted people to play with (laughs) and then theater is like we all agree right we're gonna play together yeah
3: right yeah
4: (laughs) people on stage and in the audience let's go
0: right nice i like that yeah i i grew up kind of like that although i'm one of five boys my other brothers were so much older it seemed like Uh i was an only child so i Mm. was always looking for people to play with and still nobody will play with me
4: oh where he is. That's not true. That's we're
0: here. not true. Like, what, that's what, that's we? what we're doing here. <laughs> See, I just did I was w- looking for people to play with. That's why like we started the podcast. I didn't siblings.
1: So, you know, oh. I, felt, I felt alone too. It's
0: okay, Autumn. He still likes you. <laughs> it's okay. She's not listening. <laughs> this will be the test. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so, uh, we talked about your mime troupe. Um, we're going to get into more of the uh celebration barn stuff, but uh you worked in the box office with the blue man group.
4: I did in college.
0: <laughs> in college you did? Yeah. Just taking tickets. Yeah.
4: yeah. I worked in the office. Yeah. Uh I worked in the box office and then also would, would like manage the volunteers that came in, which was hilarious because they're one of the volunteer jobs for Blue Man is to like hand out those ponches and then clean up the ponches afterwards, which are covered in banana. Okay.
3: <laughs> Right,
4: And then you talk to the random, you know, occasionally there's somebody who's disgruntled or, or just, you need to talk through the logistics of covering their dry cleaning pill or whatever. (laughs) But one of the amazing experiences about that was to just feel the potential that this, you know, blue man started on the streets. It was a street act. And so it it was a very original, very unconventional piece. Now, of course it's had like another two decades of commercial success, but to just go, that's possible. You know, this very commercial, this very commercial um, development of work is possible.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: From some random street act.
4: From guys like playing around on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought, I always thought that was so cool.
0: That, that is crazy. I saw them once at Merrill and it was, it was quite a show. And somebody Getting upset about getting their clothes messy at a Blue Man Group show—they must not uh, know did, like what they're what did, they're getting into. They you know that's do, know that, that is not expect? a
4: common thing. I will say this is my yeah. disclaimer for Blue Man, but I think <laughs> that it stood out to me because it was thrilling to me that that could happen. Yeah, I was just like, that's no one would expect that <laughs> we're having a conversation about <laughs> banana on your soup. <laughs> just to me is indicated like this is a really unique experience.
2: Yeah, that is. Oh, 100% unique. I mean, is there anything? I guess Stomp was but that they were way after Blue Man Group.
4: I think yeah. that Stomp came out afterwards, but um yeah, and I was just seeing um, that I think Stomp is closing in New York. But another uh-huh. like example of just an incredible kind of commercial success yeah. that grew. What I love about it is just thinking of when it started with people going, watch this.
3: Mm, yeah. yeah. You know,
4: and then being like, "Dude, that's cool." Yeah. watch this. Yes. And, you know, yes, and then they, and. they start like building these ideas and being like, I think this is actually like really cool, you know? And I just love that the potential of things to, that everything starts with a watch this.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it starts and with this.
4: Like, I know this is a dumb idea, but the, that moment that you go from like, all right, let's get rid of the part that says it's dumb. Like, yeah, yeah it's a, an idea. Let's develop it.
0: Yeah. Watch this or yes. And yeah. 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 That's awesome. Huh? That is awesome so i mean you you've been going along strong san francisco boston emerson's in boston right yeah yeah um but uh you came back here were you already back here when celebration came calling or
4: no i actually i went to france to go to the Lecoq school which is sort of the the center hub of physical theater training Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um it was just something that I had always wanted to do. And uh, so in 2005, I was there for the year and came out of that year. And it was so um, it was so within the world of Celebration Barn. It also helped really connect. It was, the, you know, it's a, a full pedagogy. So it was just helping connect a lot of mm-hmm. dots of things that I'd been sort of exposed to. But then going, oh, my gosh, wow, mm-hmm. it's just the, the study that everything moves. And everything can be represented with the human body. Mm. And what happens when you take your idea and you, not just the first idea, like you actually get past the, watch this, this is cool thing and go, but what if you take that seed of inspiration and then you mine it for all of the value that you can find, and then you really start developing the craft. Mm. And that's what, that's what I felt like the Lecoq school gave me was the sense of like, that's when it, it goes further. and so I came, uh, home from the school and, uh, I was working f- with Carolyn Brett that who was the director at the time. And she said, you know, I need to let you know that, that it has become, it's, it's time for me to, to sort of pass the torch and be done. And I need to sell the, the barn because at the time she was a uh, owner and director mm. and I said, um, uh, there, there were some circumstances that had just happened. I had just received a, a financial gift, and I said, "I just got some money. Could I pay you? Could I buy a piece of the property, and I'll manage it?" And she said, "Well, let's let's figure out a way to make it happen." Hmm. So that was it, it. was a major, yeah, plot point.
3: Heck, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I
0: would, I would plot, say so. Plot point sounds like a break point
2: do oh, you want to take a break? Yes. <laughs> well,
0: sounds good. All right. Yeah. All right. We're, <laughs> back. we're back from break. <laughs> and we're talking to Mandy Hootery in case you forgot while we were gone. But uh, of course you didn't forget, because how could you forget such a, a an amazing.
1: I forgot to ask, um, Aaron, is she beautiful and talented and beautifully talented? I
2: that is a, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, um, but. Which is okay if you have <laughs> Completely understandable. <laughs> um, but I, when I introduce somebody, I usually don't know what to say. So I just say that they're, they're beautiful and, and they're talented and. They're beautifully they're, talented. They're beautifully talented.
1: But tonight we haven't given him any spaces to talk. So.
2: Which is fine.
4: So there's an interesting thing about that because, you know, um. So I worked with Mike McLone on the early evening show for years and he would always, the intro would say, please welcome the beautiful and talented Amanda Hootery. And so <laughs> I, I was introducing, uh, Ian Bannon, who I was working with one night in the, at, at a live performance in celebration porn. And in, in the moment that I thought I'm calling Ian out and I thought, you know, like, what do I say? And I said, please welcome the handsome, the talented and handsome Ian Bannon. And in that moment, he looked at me and it was like, as if it was the weirdest thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I felt so
4: self-conscious. Like I was just like, I mean,
3: <laughs> well, I, uh, right.
4: And then it was so, just so interesting that like beautiful and talented was like a totally reasonable way to introduce a woman, but to co- introduce a man by saying he was like handsome and talented was just like, what? <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. That's
2: super weird. <laughs> I, John, do you remember this? There was this guy that was at the teen center, um, and he was like doing some like martial arts thing. Do, and um, he had a an intro, like of like his accomplishments (laughs) and stuff like this. And like like the guy who's introducing him starts like reading off a couple, and then he kind of looks at the guy, and he's just like. Yeah, keep calling to them all, do it to them all. And like, like, and it's a room of like teenagers, and it's like, I've been on the board of the and the president of And we're like, it was like
1: a conquering, a a a conquering king was coming in, the right ruler right right <laughs> of the seven sectums. Yeah, it was like,
2: it was a, it was like the queen, uh, Tardarian or whatever. Do your cool court, uh, sword thing. I I don't care that you were like the, the
1: music too. Remember the music.
2: <laughs> anyway, so I, I strive to be very quick and concise. Succ- succ- yes, succinct. Succ- succ- succinct. Thank you.
0: There you go. So that' great. Worked. Back to Mandy. Yeah, enough of my Aaron, stupid stories. Aaron get his time in. Well, I like Damn, that story. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> it fit. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so Mandy, you now. Uh, taking over as executive director at the Celebration Barn, mm-hmm. so let's get into some of those early years. What what were some of the things you were bringing in and and ideas you had?
4: Yeah, it took it took some time. I think before I even uh, felt like I knew what I was doing and what ideas yeah. I had. Yeah, there was a lot of time. I mean, we spent years really. Developing the nonprofit, which was in in, in an interesting place because it had so much history and so much artistic lineage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and that the organization in terms of running as a nonprofit basically hadn't really had to develop um, at the same pace because it was sort of sustaining itself for years. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, working with the board of directors, we spent a lot of time educating ourselves and learning about running a nonprofit and l- l- learning how to fundraise and how to, um, continue to grow programming and marketing and all of that. And there was a real focus on just reintegrating the barn back into the community. Um, and so, you know we developed school programming and brought artists into schools and uh got to bring elementary all of the elementary students um in Oxford Hills up to the barn for performances mm. which was really incredible that's cool there were threads that really started to emerge so we started developing a real clowning track um and, and for people who don't do clowning work, I feel like it brings up all of the worst connotations, right? Like no, you picture Bozo no. the Clown or, or, um, Ronald right. McDonald or something. <laughs> um, but that theatrical clowning is really setting the stage for, for the, the fool's and hero's journey, mm-hmm. um, where you see someone who's just coming out to do their best and, and builds this relationship with the audience and, ultimately succeeds, but they take the longest possible way to get there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we we did a lot of clowning work at the barn and, you know, Omner Eisenberg has taught there for many years. He had his solo show on Broadway, but has spent his entire career touring his, his show and becoming one of the real uh, world's leading clown teachers. Uh, I tour Basori, came to the barn during that time. Uh, he is one of the co-founding directors of spy monkey, which is the UK's premier physical theater ensemble, wild company. So much fun, radically dangerously playful. Is that Uh how you met him? Um, I met him in, in a workshop in New York and then invited him into the barn. Now he's been coming to the barn for 10 years or so. Um, and also we really started developing, uh, and exploring with Jeff Worth interactive performance and that being fundamentally about reimagining the relationship between the performer and the audience and what happens when we empower the audience to be even co-creators of the narrative that's happening on stage. What happens when we when we open up the possibility of something happening on stage tonight that has never happened before and will never happen again. Mm-hmm. And we do that in co-creation with the relationship, in, in co-creation with the audience. Yeah. Um, And so those were two of the threads that also became most influential in my personal work. And um, at Celebration Barn, I got to work both in ensembles and developing uh, solo work, but um, I just left Celebration Barn. So I was there for 15 years. And now am so proud to say that there is a new executive artistic director. David Bruin is there. He just finished his first year as director and is is doing a phenomenal job.
3: Hmm. That's great. But there, yeah. they
4: reached a point at the barn where suddenly I went, okay, I want to, I want, I want to make new work.
3: Yeah. Like I really want to focus yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, all right, let's hear about this. So what's happening? Work. What's happening?
4: Um, well, so I, a, a lovely thing happened like the week before I was, uh, handing things over to David at the barn, which is I, uh, received the. Main Arts Commission's um, Performing Arts Fellowship, which comes with a, a $5,000 unrestricted gift. Mm. Um, it's not a gift. I mean, they would call it a what? Like a, 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 a an award. It's different than a grant because you don't have to, you know, with a grant you have to deliver right. on these yeah. promises. Exactly. Yep. And so that award was so empowering because I was in this big transition, but it was also, it felt like something about it. I I mean, I feel both like, um, embarrassed to admit that it was validating, but it just made me want to like, give everybody money (laughs) and be like, hell yeah, you're an artist. What would you like to make? And so it was just this really empowering, um, moment of going like really going now what? And realizing that I needed to take some time to decompress out of the busyness of running the barn, um, to figure that out. Mm -hmm. It's like I had the desire, but I didn't even know what to do yet. I had to unwire myself. I had gotten really conditioned to do as much as I could, as fast as I could with as little as I could. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that works really well until it doesn't anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so I spent the last year, uh, applying for other grants and doing some residency work and doing, um, a local show up and play theater without a script workshop and starting to create again. Yeah. And so, and I'm in now this place where, um, I just premiered a couple of places at the end of the barn season this fall. Uh, but there are a couple of new characters emerging and some sort of new threads. Well, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Janelle yeah. was, was raving about the, um, that, that, that thing you did at the library, um, what did you say was, it was? It was really incredible.
4: Yeah, yeah. Show up and play theater without a script. Yeah. Um, and it came through a creative aging, um, support from the main arts commission. So it was specifically for participants ages 55 and up. Um,
2: Oh, Scott, you just, just missed <laughs>
4: next it. year. Almost. Yes. Almost.
0: I love you too, Aaron.
4: <laughs> um, but it, it was a really beautiful experience to just invite people in the room to play together yeah. and to go, what, how do we build community and connection through play? Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a really gorgeous, generous group. Yeah. They did beautiful things. Yeah.
2: I can, wow. I can, I can imagine. Uh, um, I was talking to um, one of my friends who's, who's part of it, who was part of it and they they just loved it. Mm. And it, was, it. It just seems it. It seems like something that we that is great for like stage and everything, but it's also like I feel like a a part of life too. It's just like what's yes and, you know? Yeah.
0: It's improvisation. Yeah. And what do I keep saying? Um that you're 30. We Oh yeah. Well other than that. That, that was improv on my part right there. That was that was little nice, <laughs> nice. That's good. That's good. See you learning. You're learning.
1: <laughs> Remember earlier how you asked, do we edit stuff out? <laughs> well, a good chunk of this probably. <laughs>
2: all my crappy jokes will be edited out. Don't worry.
4: But I think that's the, the that's the beautiful and universal thing, right? That we are all improvisers. Yeah. yeah. And we know that because we do it every second yeah. of every single day. Yeah.
3: yeah. And
4: um, and then some of us choose to identify as improvisers <laughs> yeah. and go like, well, how do we why do we do that? Like, what is the adventure and how do we turn up and amplify the very thing that makes us feel wildly alive? Because I feel like that is what the spirit of improvisation is. And finding now that I'm really curious about that off stage.
3: Mm.
4: Huh. Um, previously, I really think I, I had found it on stage. So that was what I thought was the secret ingredient. Mm. And now I'm like, Oh, on stage is just a, is just one location. Yeah, actually. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So what do you mean by that? Like, do you, do you uh, just strike up interesting conversations with people on the street or? That's like, a
4: great way to do it. Yeah. Yes. Oh. To really draw how, the question is like, how do we draw ourselves into presence, mm. into the present moment? How do we do that in a way that we then connect with each other and feel it sink into a deeper level mm. where suddenly like you feel like, yes, something different is possible. Mm. Yeah. And then how do we say yes to ours first to ourselves? And that means really clearing out some stuff yeah. like we have, we're so we're in so much so many habits and we're so conditioned and we play a part all the time and we present what we think the world wants to see from us. And we do that from a young age because that's how we make it, right. you know, but then there reaches a point when that's really limiting. Mm hmm. And there are so many other ways to be in so many other ways of showing up and so many other things that are possible.
3: Yeah. Huh.
4: And that space really delights me right now.
0: <laughs> I can totally see it. Yeah. 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 So I'm interested in your creative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I imagine you're not sitting in front of the television watching TV a good part of the day. <laughs> You know what? What, what does no, your day um, look like? You know when you're in that creative mindset and 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 uh, trying to get the juices flowing, I guess.
4: Yeah. What so do do? Uh, one practice that's become really integrated for me is a yoga practice, yoga and meditation. Um, um, and for a long time, I just thought it was something different than it was. I mean, I I've been practicing yoga for like 20 years, and um, and it was helpful to move energy um but it, lately and and in, in the past um uh, few years, I've done teacher training and did a five hundred hour teacher training hmm. and and that shift in my relationship where now I feel like it's essential to just opening up the space like way slowing down
3: hmm.
0: Hmm. breathing, yeah
4: opening up the space for new possibilities and then really listening and tuning into what the new possibilities are that are emerging. And the process is so much slower than I ever gave it credit for. Like I said, I was in such a habit of as much as you can, as fast as you can and new like got really good at cranking stuff out. You know, we could, can make things happen. Yeah. But now I'm really interested in things that are happening from a deeper impulse.
3: Mm Hmm.
0: Wow. And you gotta, you gotta take that time.
4: You gotta take the time. Yeah. So it's really interesting with this writing process because I've written a few new pieces in the last few months. And, um, what I'm finding is that it's hard for me to know where they are. It's like that they have this organic life. There's this, it takes this like Mm. really slowing down to let things be born Mm. and then really just get staying curious about what it is and not, not starting to shape and control things into something that I think that they could be, should be, or can be faster. Mm. Wow. And I feel like that's a just a different, um, that's so different than how I ever thought about things just like when I was younger.
0: Well, it's so different from the world today. I think we just always want that instant gratification. I mean, I start a diet today, I want to lose 30 pounds by tomorrow morning. Mm. Mm. You know, and, and any result, or, you know, if I and well, want we're to get so right-
4: addicted to dopamine and and the instant gratifications of our phones that we we expect results and stimulation quickly. Yeah. And I I think we're kind of deprived of what how do what happens when we aren't stimulating ourselves mm. because that's just mm. another addiction, really, and we're covering up. We're limiting ourselves. We're staying deeply rooted in patterns and it's going to limit what we are capable of. And it's suppressing what is our natural innate self. That is a creative force of nature.
1: Mm. Uh. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's really, it's a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. I I know from, especially when you bring up words like the the either, um, well, I know for me at least, right? Physical physical comedy is huge in everything that I am as an actor or performer. Like I grew up on just falling in love with some of the most amazing, you know, in my eyes, right? Um uh, SNL and John Ritter. Oh my gosh. I mean like <laughs> Belushi, and Candy. I mean I I uh Plant Trains and Automobiles. I think I watched that like a hundred times when I was a yeah. kid, right? Then and so that idea of fast, quick, the, that, um, the, the energy behind it has always been how I view it. Right. Mm. Even my personal, the, the best way to get a laugh is to quick and, 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 you know, um, wit mm. and the idea of slowing down and really taking, I don't know, that's like a whole different mindset to me. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, and I don't natural. think
4: it's in like contrast. It's it's just broadening the palette. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Of course. But for it, it's always felt like it needs to happen then. Mm. Planning has not. I don't know. I just it's crazy to think that like not necessarily planning what you're going to do ahead, but getting your mind in that space. And yeah, I'm I'm sure that's quite the tool. So.
2: But yeah. It was like it. Um, just like with like writing and other things you're creating, is it's very important to to slow down and to like uh, again again like like a like a mind image of like like somebody making a sculpture out of like stones. Like you you don't do a couple of hits and all of a sudden you know the statue of David appears. It's like there's layers that you have to like remove and you have to like dig out and be patient and really form these things. So it's, it's super important to like to slow down and not over, you know, if you take too much of a statue off, then all of a sudden you might ruin what you have in your mind already.
4: I also love that metaphor because there's the, this revelation about what the sculpture is actually going to be. It's like, yeah. you have an idea and that might be what mm-hmm. compels you, but then ultimately you are in co-creation with right. the material yeah, and with hmm the with gravity
2: yeah and who you are at that moment yeah you know like whenever whenever i write it's very you know in the moment of like but like i always find myself when i'm writing i'm like it's almost done i, I feel like i'm like oh if i can just get a, like a couple more verses or like if i can get a, a paragraph here and there and it's like then then i'm like almost done mm. but i feel like it, it's super important to just like to slow down and just be like well, let's unpack what has happened already.
4: And you what know. is happening right and now. What, yeah,
2: exactly. So, mm. no, I I appreciate you saying that. I think I think it's really
0: important to remind ourselves sometimes. Mm. To, so in your, to write, is, in your writing process, is, is editing a big part of that slowing down thing? Or I think
4: of it as more back? evolution than editing. Yeah. Um, because it, it evolves. I do a lot of writing on my feet. Um, mm-hmm. writing through improvisation,
3: Yeah.
4: Mm. uh, and now we'll do a lot more videoing, uh, or voice recording my whole mm-hmm. first solo show, most of the show, except for all the physical stuff, but the arc of the show and a lot of the narrative of the show was written in the car into a voice recorder on, yeah. I was like teaching in Bangor and driving. Yeah. Um, so even though it was like, I was alone in the car, it felt like it was written improvisationally Yeah. Right. and then. Of evolved, you know, and I would eventually transcribed it and, and did some more shaping of it. But then it really a lot of my work also has developed more in front of the audience when when yeah. it becomes a living breathing yeah. thing. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Yeah, that that's important too. Like in the moment stuff. It's
4: everything. Yeah. That's everything. Yeah. That's the only thing yeah. there is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the the show we just did, uh, there was a lot of improv in it. Yeah and the the th- just, just like working it out af- night after night, we're like, Oh, that, that didn't get the laugh I was hoping for. So maybe I need, just need like a little tweak here. Right, it was so and sweet
4: the- that first night. And then you yeah. chase that. You yeah. chase like, I'm going to get well, back there. It's like, Oh, that's yeah. the death of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that's so true.
2: Um, so yeah, no, oh.
0: John, yeah. didn't you have some questions about, uh, some of our solo shows. Is that what you were thinking? What were you thinking?
1: Well, I so I had one question, right? And uh, it goes back to what you said earlier. You said that you are not a singer. Right. Right. And what was the other thing you said very clearly? You were not a dancer, dancer right?
4: That doesn't mean, John, that I won't sing and dance on stage. <laughs> I'm just saying that doesn't usually sell the tickets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. So I am a singer. Yes. I do not consider myself an actor or anything else. I just, I I don't, I primarily am a singer. You're not a dancer. I I can dance. You can dance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But no, but I've shared before um, with guests we've had that in order to, I found myself not getting roles sometimes, especially in high school, because I had never really scoped out my acting chops, never really focused on dancing and being on my feet, anything like that. And because I did that, I, I groomed those mm. areas of my talent, I guess. Um, I discovered I had, you know, <sighs> success in those areas. Uh, so, I mean, you said you don't consider yourself a singer, but you must have. I mean, you've had roles where you sang.
4: Yeah, no one has ever paid me to sing on stage. (laughs) Nor me, nor me. I don't think that has ever sold a single ticket. Have you ever Um, done anything Yes, No, I have sung and danced and... Yeah. And I, I mean, I actually
0: (laughs) come to think of it, John.
4: Um, yeah, no, I sang a a cappella song in one solo show and then had a big dance number in another, but those were in service to what the show needed. Mm -hmm. And they were in service to what the audience needed at that point, what they didn't, they didn't, it wasn't that they needed to hear my voice, but it was, it offered, um, yeah it it diversified the show and packed some surprises and was ridiculous
1: and then speaking of those solo shows you've had some pretty good success when it comes to your solo work that you've written Um, and I kind of went down the rabbit hole that is pretty face earlier today Uh Uh, so I was hoping that you would be willing to share just I mean where to come from what 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 spawned
4: (laughs) so you know pretty face is always a it's always a dangerous thing to talk about because, because I'm afraid that people will start assuming a whole lot of things about it. Mm -hmm. One of the impulses behind pretty face is that it, I had been studying something called buffon, which is another form of clowning. The difference between a buffon and a clown is that in clown, the audience laughs at the clown and in buffon, the buffon character laughs at the audience. Mm. So the buffon works (laughs) very satirically to really provoke the audience. It's really holding up a mirror and saying, look at you, look at you now, look at you now. Mm. So, um, that, that pretty face show was also born out of me, just trying to make sense out of the experience of American democracy that was happening through the Trump administration and really wrestling with this sense that everybody was so damn right. Mm. Like everyone Mm. was right. And there was so much anger and there was so much finger pointing. Um, and I also was just really struggling with, uh, what Trump represented to me. I was very curious about this, uh, lone character of Tiffany Trump. So now I feel like she's now come into much more public spotlight, but you know, she showed up at the um, 2016 convention and nobody knew who she was. And she gave this speech for her father and everyone's like, wait, who is this? <laughs> it was like a new person, a new child, but they had found like, they're like, we have the millennial voice to fight for this campaign. And I was just fascinated by her story and by the way that going back through videos and through interviews, how her story as the sole child of Marla Maples um, and Donald Trump had been portrayed in the moments that it was portrayed in the spotlight. So the, that show was the Tiffany Trump story. Hmm. And, um, and, and it, it's, uh, the guts of it were ultimately asking the audience, how free are you?
0: Hmm. Wow.
2: Well, cool. I've never heard of Tiffany Trump. No. I although now, I yeah, I stay out of, a little bit. I stay out of politics pretty hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah now, a,
1: now she's a kind of a celebrity in her own in her own right. right?
0: Yeah. But she um she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars next week.
4: Is she? Well, yeah. you know, she released a single. Um <laughs> I forget which year it was, but when she was 17 she released a single called Like a Bird and that was the dance number in the show.
0: Oh, uh, jeez, hmm. I don't remember that. But okay. But what was
4: so exciting about that show was that it was because this was, it was such a hot topic issue that it was, um, it really put people on the edge of their seats. And then that became what we were playing with. Mm. And the show was, uh, the show more than anything I've ever performed got really strong reactions, including it was the first show that somebody ever walked out on. And that became a highlight Uh, moment (laughs) of the show. Yeah, it was very we, Very moving.
0: I have one of those, too. I'm pretty yeah, proud of yeah, it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, John. I'm, yes. I'm pretty proud. Yes. Yeah. We, but we,
0: yeah, we have reached that that pinnacle of having people walk out.
1: Oh, my gosh. I've never been yeah. prouder. And <laughs> it's it's the tier to beat now, right? Yeah. Uh, and you toured quite a bit with that show, right?
4: Yeah, I, I got to take it to Montreal and to Honolulu. Oh,
1: that's really cool. That's like. Yeah. That's
0: dramatic. Office of <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Nice. And that's not the only solo. That's not the only decent sized show that you've written, right? Because you had another.
4: I had a solo show called The Soiree, um, which uh, was directed by Avner Eisenberg. And in that show, uh, the show's a party. And so the audience become the invited guests of Elizabeth, who is looking to host a very lovely affair. And she slowly <laughs> falls apart over the course of the evening. and huh. It's in turns like ridiculous and off the wall um, and also very sweet and sentimental huh. and uh, tragic in its own beautiful way.
0: <laughs> That'd be a great show for the Umpa stage, if you ask me.
1: But So has anyone else ever starred in your shows? Have you ever had anyone step Just into those characters? Me.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, no.
1: <laughs> Is that anything he- you'd ever see something somebody doing, stepping into one of your works?
4: Um, maybe someday. Yeah, Hmm. I felt like there was such—it's such a personal journey of writing something that is what you feel compelled to write at the time. Um, but I don't know. I never really thought about someone else playing the part.
2: (laughs) Nifty. I bet that'd be. I bet bet that'd be nifty. nifty. (laughs) Cool.
1: Well, (laughs) cool. But what a challenge! Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine watching someone. I mean, you've put so much into that character and what you think that character is. And then you developed it after you wrote it. And I can't even imagine watching someone else.
4: It'd be so much fun. and You really yeah. see how it what holds rings. up. Yeah, right. well, <laughs> Definitely,
0: definitely <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh.
2: How, how many so, shows have you, you written?
4: Well, a couple of solo shows and then several ensemble shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: What were some of the ensemble shows?
4: Um, a few years ago, well, we we talked a little bit earlier about some of the mm-hmm. interactive stuff at Celebration Barn, yeah. which was fun in terms of reimagining the relationship with the audience. It was one a, so show much fun. So much fun was called uh Camp Maine, a night on the town, Ta- uh Camp Maine, the last hurrah, Camp Maine. That was at Celebration Barn, where the barn itself was the oldest summer camp in Maine state history, and the audience members all played alumni of this camp.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's the one I went to, and. It was such a blast. It was, I can't, I'm trying to remember my character's name, but he was like a farmer. (laughs) And like, like I I was so confused when I got there just because I I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah,
4: so the audience arrived and the first thing they did was went over to the like welcome station where they picked out a name tag. So they found out who their character was for the show. And if people didn't expect that, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: They're along for the ride. <laughs>
4: but we were really careful that audience members could choose their level of participation. So if you wanted to, you could put on a sticker that was basically saying, I don't, I want to be a spectator.
3: Mm, yeah. You
4: could choose a character that was going to be interactive, or you could choose one of the featured characters, which meant you were actually really integrated into the show. And those people would mm. uh, held major narrative plot points of the story. <laughs> I don't think so- I picked
2: my name. I, I think oh, no. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking back I think we we got there and uh the person <laughs> who bought the tickets just gave us names okay so I I assume that I, I got like the the mid-tier okay not, not like because I don't think I had like any plot points okay but it was just so funny like having like actors come up and be like oh my gosh I haven't seen you since what year did we go and then it was like oh yes <laughs> <laughs> yes I remember no, I you there. and you're like trying to like come up with like this, you know, backstory for your character on the spot. Cause I didn't think I should do something like that. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun.
0: So th- that makes me think about the show we just did. We did the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee and we had some audience participation in that where we brought some uh, audience members up uh, to be spellers in the mm-hmm. Spelling Bee. Uh, so, uh, uh, I guess what I'm asking is, how do you go about doing that? I mean, that's our first try at doing, bringing the audience into the show yeah. and especially the first night we really struggled with it. Yeah. Uh, and, and as we went along, it, it got easier, but well, yeah. what do you, what are your thoughts when you, you want the audience participation, but you don't know who's coming that night and right. you do who you're going to and-
3: get.
4: And well, for, for first of all, to just acknowledge, I, I think for most of us, that is our nightmare. Yeah. Our nightmare is that we're going to go to a show and be singled out. And there was going to be expectations of us to perform something. And we're not going to know. Yeah. I mean, that's mm. our nightmare in life. Yeah. And then you go to a theater show and it's like, who's flipping the script? I hate right. you people. You know, I mean, <laughs> I've had that experience for sure in shows. So. Part of it is really looking to how do you support the audience from the moment that they begin to interact with the show? Mm. And how do you start building that relationship and that rapport where you are looking to help the audience feel at ease, feel connected and supported by you and then invite them into the play and be able to support them as a as a fellow improviser Mm. so that. You know, we it's it's so often and you see it a lot in street theater stuff that the joke is on the audience. So mm-hmm. you pull someone up from the audience, they're helping out with the show, and then they are the butt of the joke. Right. And that reinforces all the stuff that we're afraid of.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, so how do you instead of making them the butt of the joke, make them the hero of the joke? How do you support them in getting to deliver the punchline?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that I mean, that happened during the show. It's like Part of like the the gag of it is um, Kristen, who was kind of like the announcer, Mm -hmm. would say something funny about them. Like that's not true or just like like completely random, like, you know, uh, so-and-so is recovering from head lice. You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) know, like Sally Sally takes two hours to watch 60 minutes. Right.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So like it's just like that's that you know, they're the butt of the joke.
4: Yeah. So, you know, that can also be okay. I, I think the first thing to look for is somebody who wants to play. And yes, by yeah. wanting to play, I mean, someone who, even if they, um, we, we would often go out and play with people pre-show in the audience mm. and just somebody wanting to play is somebody, you know, do they hold eye contact? Are they laughing? Are they at ease enough so that they're laughing freely mm. um are they talking back to you like when you engage with them do they mm. do they play along
3: yeah
4: um and also do they have a rapport with the people that they're there with or are they clearly shut down and that this is uncomfortable enough in a way that it's like yeah i don't want to <laughs> challenge your discomfort <laughs> like that's not what i'm here to do right. I'm here to to liberate and play but not to challenge and shut you down further yeah Um, so then when you're playing with a joke and the audience is the joke, the next question is to go, how does this person want to play? How do they like to engage? Yes. You know, and I have one character named Dolce who comes out and her whole thing is that she says, okay, it's so fabulous to see me. Hello, hello." (laughs) So she like loves the audience because they, she loves that they're here to adore her. Right. And so when people play that game back, whether they say, oh, you look lovely or look at my lovely. Yeah. Then that's them choosing to play
3: uh,
4: and participate, however they want to, mm. and then we follow that and let them. We we say yes to what it is that they want to bring and what they want to play. So mm. how somebody gets up and how you engage with them um, can be shaped by what you notice about how they are choosing to yeah. participate.
2: Mm. Oh. That's cool. Hey, yeah, you're really knowledge- knowledgeable. <laughs>
4: Thank you. Very. Yeah, right.
2: It's, it's <laughs> almost
0: <laughs> like she's got a lot of experience in theater.
2: Yeah. It seems like she's uh, gone to a lot of schools. Before, too.
3: <laughs> that I have. <laughs>
0: All right. We're going to do one more break. You got to and pee? It, yeah. Okay. I didn't pee the last time. So I got to go this time. Okay. Get, a, get a refill. And then uh, we're going to start to wrap things up.
1: All right. Hey, so, so are you familiar with the Jackass crew, Johnny Knoxville and all of them?
0: Not John, Aaron, and Scott. No.
1: The actual Jackass. <laughs> oh, my gosh. with like MTV. From, like, a long time doing, ago. Yeah. yeah.
4: No. no. <laughs> Probably <laughs> yeah, what a more they appropriate. name They used to, like, come up to people on the street and prank them, right? Mm. Well,
1: yeah, but they also just do, like, ridiculously stupid things for content. Okay. Right? I'm getting somewhere with this. but. Yeah. And then with YouTube Hopefully. right, YouTube is all about creating the, the the content creators whatever they can do to give views um you know I've read this documentary or not read watched documentary recently about um knowing the correct formula to get the most viral video on youtube and and all these different create that that's kind of the world that we live in now, right whatever gets the most views whatever right. gets the most clicks and I guess. I mean, in a way that's, it's kind of becoming like its own art form. For sure. Um, and so I guess my question for you would be, I mean, in a way, what you are skilled and knowledge, it does go hand in hand with that different, I mean, do you see any type of evolution in what you've done? Like, does your, does your craft and what you see in a newer generation, has it evolved any? As you know, there must be some type of growth, or I, I don't know where I'm leading with this. I'm hoping yeah. that you're kind
4: of well, you know, it was interesting. So, in 2006, when we were talking about Fritz Grobe and Stephen Fultz earlier with EP Bird Productions, and they mm-hmm. were the ones that dropped Mentos candies into Diet Coke and had one of the first hugely viral online videos. And that led them to a 15 year exploration of why was that so successful? Yeah. Um, And you know, they Stephen's a trial lawyer turned clown, and Fritz is a mathematician turned juggler. (laughs) So, and they met at Celebration Barn.
0: What What is the difference between clown and lawyer?
4: (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Wow. Um. So, (laughs) making
0: money or not? (laughs) Sorry.
1: Sorry. No. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, sorry, lawyers. Sorry,
0: Don't sue us. Yeah, I think Stephen
4: would say it's a lot less distance than than people would assume. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they both attributed the success of that video to their training at Celebration Barn and going, well, what, here here are what are the principles of developing a successful online video. Um, and they also wrote a book about it. Yeah. So they really like looked at that question and really unpacked of how does it translate? What's and, and they're big advocates in, you know, direct address to the camera that you actually strip away a lot of the production values so that you have that immediacy.
0: Mm. What, what's the name of the book? Do you know?
4: That's a great question. Um, it may be how to make a viral video.
3: Mm. <laughs> really we'll link to that in the show that. notes. Yes. Link to that in the show notes. <laughs> I'm not sure, but
4: um, yeah. we'll double check it.
2: Yeah. Huh. Cool. How, uh, well, I, thank you. T- How do you put Mentos in Coke? Well, you just take a Mento. You open up a bottle of Coke. I was saying that that's probably the name of their book. Oh, oh, okay. I I know how to put Mentos into a Coke. Okay. I've I've done it before. You
0: you shouldn't ask if you already know how to do it. Uh, All right. Anyways, one (laughs) of the things we like to ask people in theater is, what, um, obviously you've done a lot of shows (laughs) how to Um, build a
1: hovercraft
4: (laughs) that's the name of the book that's another book that's a different book well never mind and and that's a cool one too though it's loaded with science experiments Mm. okay
1: well then in part of the press harold got it wrong scott's very questionable is where he's leading to
0: no i'm not yet well i am questioning i am asking a question but we're not getting questionable (laughs) yet. Never mind.
1: he's just being questionable
0: (laughs) but one of the favorite questions we like to ask people is those uh the stage fails Mm -hmm. what's happened in a show that you know i mean you did you've done a lot of improv so you just go with it anyways (laughs) but what's happened in the show have you had the the sprinklers come on or yeah
4: exactly we did have a sprinklers come on in a show that was i was thinking when you said like uh, of improv and when the show can't actually go on uh was a performance at a high school where the um sprinkler system was above the stage and it was rigged so that when the sprinkler system went off the um, sky like uh, levers opened up so that the, it, it was a ventilation system. Oh, okay. So okay. it actually opened up to the sky and it was raining. Oh. So then it became uh, rain down on the stage. Actually, no, the sprinkler didn't go off. What happened was a fog machine set off that ventilation system oh. and then it started raining on stage. Wait. And it was a moment when the show could not go on as it was because then they had to evacuate the buildings for the, no, um,
0: no Gene Kelly improvisation there.
4: Um, no, no. Uh, we were told that the whole audience needed to go out in the parking lot while the, um, fire department came.
0: Well, wasn't it raining in the parking lot?
4: It was it indeed. Jeez. And, and
0: I think Sally gave me a note about something that might have been some sort of stage fail, maybe not during the show, but something about costumes getting locked in a closet.
4: She was reminding me of that. Mm-hmm. I don't have all of the details, no. but uh, apparently there was a quick costume change in that. All of the things, all of the costumes got locked into that closet. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> And she says that then that her high school actors went out scantily clad.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that could be.
4: Unforgettable.
0: Questionable. Questionable there. Um, so before we get to the last questions, uh, she mentions that you were the fight director for Oompa's Man of La Mancha. Oh,
4: that's right. Yes. Which she directed. Well,
0: which, I mean, we have, we talk about different um, parts of our cast and crew here with the shows, but uh, we haven't had a fight director yet. I okay. am so
4: honored to be here representing <laughs> fight directors.
0: So so interesting to hear a little bit about fight direction. Well, I might
1: need a fight director uh, this fall, For, so now yeah. I know where to find there one. There you go. That's cool.
4: Yeah, so, so it was really just helping the actors work um, really physically, and there were big yeah you know, throws across tables and, um, lots of slaps and things. Huh. Um, yeah. So interestingly there, I mean, there's a lot of crossover with physical comedy yeah. and, um, some stage combat stuff. So that's what we were working
3: on.
0: Interesting. That's- that, yeah, that was the first time I've heard about fight direction. I guess it's kind of choreography. it can be
4: it's choreography yeah. and helping people, um, communicate stay connected with each other with themselves first and then with each other and uh, Mm. helping people really have a clear physical uh both intentions and reactions
3: yeah yeah
2: Hmm. that's i bet that'd be fun Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah i don't Mm. know if i would be any good at it but it sounds like something i would I would like to do. Oh my gosh, it
4: should be amazing, I have no doubt.
1: Well, no. I, I guess you. I might need to pick your brain after this because, so my my wife and I are directing Jekyll and Hyde for Umba in the fall. Awesome. And we're planning on really going down the physical route, like everything is going to be very, very predetermined movement. And so you have to pick your brain on maybe someone to get in touch with. All right, let's do it. Cool. I'm excited. Cool.
0: So before we finish off, I want to hear about what what do you got coming up? What are you doing now? Roll out the red carpet for you. Let us know Uh, what's in the immediate future for Mandy.
4: Uh, Well, as I mentioned, I'm teaching yoga, and I've got a new Hmm. online series coming up in February and March, which will be an eight week series um, that's really yoga to support creativity. Hmm. So, uh, first of all, working on supporting, calming, quieting the mind and then empowering the body and helping liberate physical energy and doing that in service to a more full expression of oneself, Mm -hmm. whatever that means for somebody. Um, So that's going to be an online uh, yoga series coming up. And then I'm working on putting together a new retreat uh, to Mexico, which is a week long um retreat for women to mm. nurture and liberate what makes you feel wildly alive.
3: Whoa, wow. hmm I'm
0: sorry. You, you you had me you at, can't,
2: you can't go everything except the, the, <laughs> the women I woman part. I was like, mm. Oh never mind. Uh so well
4: more. there definitely will be uh one for all for all gender expressions um ad- in additionally in the future because there's been a lot of guys that are really interested in it as well. Um so, yeah, that's going to be coming up uh, with details emerging soon. But yeah. uh, I think in August Oof. to swim with the whale sharks. Whale oh. sharks. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're the largest fish.
2: Do you need like a chaperone or something?
4: 40 feet. Not not for this one. Uh, you
2: want to jump in with the whale I'm sharks? <laughs> I'm trying to think. think we need somebody somebody to carry that... bags? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'll keep you in mind. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I've just... Um,
2: anything you need done. He is good. uh, (laughs) He is good at that stuff. So you could ask him.
4: But But, both of this, like that retreat and really the yoga, I feel like is a further exploration of this idea of kind of theater off the stage. Mm. How do we support the theater of our lives and put ourselves in the driver's seat of our creativity so that we can, you know, turn up the volume on all the right stuff.
3: Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. I, I've been really really thinking about doing yoga mm-hmm. um is that, is that might be a really cool kind of gateway yeah. yeah yeah so do you do any like in-person yoga or
4: i teach in yarmouth, yarmouth. um and can do private stuff locally but don't. i don't yeah. have a regular and i do a chair yoga class locally okay. actually cool mm-hmm. um so folks are interested in that mm-hmm. drop my bio in the show notes or something mm-hmm.
0: yeah absolutely we will I definitely my, put uh, that website. Yeah, we'll put your website in. Which is
4: amandahootery.com, but people need to see it as a link because hootery, talk oh, about improvisation. There's a lot of ways <laughs> to spell hootery. How do, you,
0: how do you spell that
4: again?
2: Yeah, I, I asked awesome. before you got here. You it's, did. It's,
4: I know. How do you it spell did. it? How do you say it? Yeah. 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 So I got to ask not
1: that I would ever think that this of you. Yeah. But I mean, having all of this skill and talent after all the schooling and their training. And, and I'm sure the other people in your world, in your community, there are others that are probably either equally or more, you know, how <laughs> I feel kind of stupid saying this, but asking this, but how do you not kind of get a good chuckle out of like what someone like myself does? Cause right? we're
4: all doing the same thing yeah for sure
1: but no i mean i feel like i have really with my anything that i do personally do right create on stage or anything i'm ultimately going off of something that somebody else created right Mm -hmm. i'm making it my own but some i mean there have been thousands of people ahead of me that have had that role that have done that role that have done it Mm -hmm. this is probably the same way i did it. even if i think i'm being original right i can't really put a hand on too much besides improv right that i've done that's original and that's so daunting to me that's so overwhelming to think that i mean a lot of i mean everything that you have done in this space essentially is original to someone right in that space it's just it's mind blowing to me.
4: <laughs> yeah. But I think we're all holding space for both things to be true. Like on one hand, we're all totally inspired by one another. We're all collaborating with all of the circumstances of any given moment. Mm. So no one's creating an isolation ever. And on, uh, I just lost my train of thought, which is so true to what I'm saying. <laughs> because the other <laughs> thing is that we're also all unique expressions of every given moment. So this is as creative as that. Sure, and the, I think oh. the only thing that's different. What defines someone as an artist is just whether or not they identify as an artist and what their commitment to that is, and how much they ab- embrace it as one of their personal values. We're all artists. We're all infinitely creative, and oh. we all could could do and and create anything that we choose to invest our energy in.
1: The only thing that I've invested on energy and created in is notebook upon notebook of bad lyrics that we wrote. For songs when we were teenagers. Oh my
4: gosh, that's the best.
1: They're terrible. Yes.
4: (laughs) We used to warm up for improv shows by doing bad improv. And I think that that's actually a methodology. Because take all the pressure off of it from being good. That's what prevents anything from happening. Mm -hmm. If we gave ourselves permission to do more stuff badly, we'd get a whole lot more done.
2: I like that. I like that a lot.
4: Maybe we should
0: crack open the notebooks, Aaron.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hurry for for some money.
0: All right. We have... Questionable people here?
1: No, no. no. What? We have one questionable person. Questionable looking, questionable acting, questionable age, all of the above. (laughs) We don't know anything about him. (laughs) Not you. Don't worry. It's not you that we're talking about.
0: So we end the show, (laughs) just like we end all our shows with strike. Got to clean up the show. So for us, strike is we ask five questions of our guest and uh so we have five questions for you mm-hmm. and um our first question is uh you, you said you didn't you, you don't talk you're lousy talking about tv shows yes except for the brady bunch
4: the brady bunch. all right first question is that song's who, for you john
0: who's the hottest mm-hmm. brady kid
4: oh well, greg
0: Alice, um, you mean? Well, it wasn't it wasn't Johnny Fever, was it Johnny Fever? Who Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. There it is. But he wasn't a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah. no.
4: Johnny Bravo, right? Was right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Great. Bobby was
1: a cutie.
4: Oh, totally. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. The whole structure was that you were like told what to think. So they were like <laughs> Greg's the hot one, and I was like, okay, okay. got it. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Greg. Well, um, oh, man, at least it wasn't Marsha Marsha Marsha. <sighs>
4: but she was so, hot too. Yeah, the confidence. Alice. She, oh, Alice, Alice was
1: hot. John
0: John is an Alice guy. <laughs> so Question
4: uh, two.
1: <laughs> question two. Sorry, Rachel, my wife <laughs> who I love and has nothing to do with Alice. <laughs>
0: uh, um, yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> who's who's a local community hero of yours?
4: Duncan Some, Slade, Uh yeah. Duncan, and now I'm yes. thinking of all the others. Yeah, but um, but Duncan was the first one to come to mind. No, that was a good answer. Because answer. you know, for folks that d- that don't know Duncan, um, he was many things including for many like a generation he mm. was their painting teacher at the yep. at mm. the middle school here yep. but i met him later in his life when he had his studio next to what's now cafe nomad and that was such a magical place to come into and he mm. would you know light up to have a guest who wanted to come yeah. in and talk about anything yeah. you know and he mm. hand out copies of his of his book um improvisation which uh has become a very seminal kind of text. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. I love that. I have a Duncan Slade original in my arts room. Mm. Oh, you do? Yes. Yes. We should yes. get one for you in here. We should. Maybe. Well, they're we harder to get now. Yeah. because yeah. Yeah. I next, get lucky. Next time we go to Scotts, we should just <laughs> yeah. sneak it out. Sneak it out. We'll Maybe. Here. Maybe. It could be had. <laughs> That's question number two. Uh, nice. So number three, what are you listening to? Music, uh, podcasts. Oh gosh, talk radio. What? What is it?
4: Yeah, I mean, I just came to podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm a little late to the game. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm. I love listening to like yoga stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. I like started to say self help. Except, like, who likes to listen to self help? I mean, it's just the discovery, exploration, mind mindset stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Hmm. Anything in particular? I just might, was uh,
4: listening to Brene Brown interview um okay, Richard yeah. Road, which who I had not uh encountered, but he has the Center for Contemplation in Albuquerque. He is a Franciscan um priest uh who I heard this podcast with him. It was a two-part series, and then I ordered two of his books, and I just got one and I read it straight through, which I never wow. do with books, but the book is called falling upwards about the second half of life.
0: Yep. Hmm. Uh, something we like to ask. And I think you'd be, you'd be a, a great one to ask this question to is, you know, we're always looking for new ways to do things around here. We've got our stage stages. Um, What, what are some new ideas you have about staging a, a show? What, what are some new things we could do or what's something you thought of that, you know, people haven't done before? What, what are we going to do?
4: Yeah. Change the place. Yeah. Uh, change the audience, change the way change the audience the- experiences the space. Yeah, mm. Change the time. I mean, the great thing is if you do anything, uh, it'll awaken a whole new experience. Mm. Uh-huh. So anything besides coming in and sitting down in the seats and watching the actors do the show is going to stir stuff up.
3: Mm. Mm. Ah.
0: Yeah, I like that. Awesome. So our last question. Uh, So we, we talked about in season one, what does community mean to you? Mm. Um, And now with season two, we're changing that a little bit. And want to get people's ideas on how do we build a community?
4: Mm. What are your thoughts on that? That's such a beautiful question.
0: I
2: feel like it's appropriate coming from you too, just everything oh. you've done at the Celebration Barn, building it up.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. It feels like it's about thoughtfully uh, bringing people together. Mm. And then also um, inviting people into the question of Mm. what they want to do with community. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really changing. Like we don't have the answer to the question right now, because I feel like we're kind of going through this awakening, this post COVID Mm. or whether we're post or not, but whatever, like so many things are so volatile and in so much flux. Mm. And the beauty thing of that is we are, we are inherently having to shift our expectations And I think that's something that's really special and we're going to come into um, needing and choosing community in new ways that lift us up without the same kind of assumptions that we've had. And Mm. I think the way to build community is to be engaging each other around that question.
3: Hmm. Wow.
0: That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is unique, not to be cliche, but the the idea that the fragility of what we've had to, what we've experienced the last couple of years, could could build a stronger version of what it was, right?
4: For sure, and that it just breaks all the expectations, all the old habits, all of the um sense of have tos and always, and the the, mm. the ways in which we, we've done, we may have felt isolated, but blamed it on other people for not making things more interesting for us. And now we Mm. get to reassume responsibility for our own experience Mm. and invite others to do that too.
3: That's great.
0: That is awesome. I love that. Well, that's our five questions for strike. We we've had an, an amazing episode. I knew this was going to be fun. I knew you were going to give us a lot of great content and uh, you just blew my expectations away mandy i and really i thank knew you for being here.
4: without a doubt there was going to be a season two and i was like i'm holding out for season two i'm holding out
1: <laughs> you did it well, <laughs> thank you you, you, you thank manifested you for season two it was mandy alone that manifested <laughs> yeah. season
0: two for us her faith in us yes. i think
1: it'd be really important right now to give scott a little bit of a you know good job scott oh thank you Way to blend your community. My communities. That um, you've bring, built. I'm building. Up, and I'm quoting yes. what you said earlier. The community you've built with yeah. our community. Yeah. So thank you for that.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. and for real, thank you. And thank you for the podcast, which is a way of engaging community and especially yeah. of building it and, in, yeah. and having new conversations and, and inviting people around the table. So a pleasure to be yeah. a part of it. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah.
3: Uh, thanks, thanks for trusting awesome. uh,
1: yeah thanks for trusting to that we would do this yeah i don't know what i'm trying to say cool thanks thanks for, for trusting being us. here and trusting us yeah, yeah where where can people find you what can how can people
4: amandahootery.com s-
0: do you want to spell hootery that
3: out
4: is h-u-o-t-a-r-i
0: hootery it's h-u-o h-o we, we did we spell it right there we did we, You did not actually. What? It's H O U. No, no, no. It's not. Oh. It's H
4: U O U come first. H U O T A R. I I looked at that. I looked to your name like four times. I know. Yeah.
1: I feel terrible. We didn't spell it right. Oh my
4: gosh. Uh, It doesn't matter. You're on the air. We yeah. also could have lied and H- said U- it was O-T-A- perfect. Well, we fired our
1: research team last week, so we're, uh, we're hurting for a new... If you want to be part of our research team, um, Send your us.
0: applications
1: to...
4: Now accepting benefactors.
1: <laughs> and if you'd like to benefact us.
0: Yes. <laughs> be rich first, and then yeah, be don't... a benefactor. Yeah.
2: I'll... Yep. Why put a limit like if somebody wants to pay for things, if you want to be, be a that.
1: poor benefactor, let's yes. do that, too.
2: <laughs> like, well, let's, let's not limit people to, you know,
0: their abilities, you know. All right. If you just want to supply us with chicken nuggets, you know, whatever.
1: Anything else. We'll, well, I'm we'll so
4: excited shoot to- for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: so excited about to you. Uh, I'm so excited to hear about what you do in the future. And thank you for being on here for us. Yes.
0: Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for coming out. To listen, to see,
4: what, to hear. Another
0: great episode. Another great episode it's been of wonderful. The Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast?
1: I'm John. <laughs> the, Backstairs Podcast. the Backstairs Podcast.
4: The Backstairs Podcast. There it is. This has been The Backstairs Podcast. You can stream the audio or video format of this episode anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Backstairs Podcast. Send us an email at thebackstairspodcast at gmail.com. Redacted!